player 2 has joined the game. everybody welcome to episode 177 of the two-player co-op podcast as always i'm one of your hosts here kevin along with my social distancing brother show one how are we doing i almost had a brain fart there I, I was just going and then i was like i'm gonna say social distancing and then it almost all fell apart um if this is the first time you're hearing or seeing us this is the two-player co-op podcast where every week two brothers get together to tell you everything you need to know about in the world of video games if you like that make sure you like the youtube video subscribe if you haven't already and share the video with your friends family and everyone in between if you're listening on audio services around the multiverse make sure you leave a five-star review and make dustin star proud if you really so if this is the first time you're seeing us Kevin does not usually look like this. Yeah. So Sean, but before we get into this, so Sean knows I'm growing out my homeless facial hair. If you saw it like face to face, it's not this bleak. This side's bleak. This side's not as bleak, but there's this big gap right here. That's the biggest gap. I'm almost to the point now where I've lost my mind so much that I think I'm just going to say the hell with it and just like have handlebars or something like Paul Senior or Hogan. I the don't mustache, know. the mustache is solid. It's the, the the problem is all of the hairs everywhere are wiry; they're not very thick. So I don't know how well it's filling in, but at this point, what do I care? <laughs> I mean, I'm married. I don't have anybody to impress. Jess hasn't said anything about it. And Daniel and I have been like Marco Poloing <laughs> about our facial hair this whole time. So um, if she doesn't care, then I don't care. So that's pretty much where I'm at right now. <sighs> I hate Sean because if you're, if you're listening audio, on audio, Sean shaved. I don't remember if I said that or not, but Sean decided to shave. And he did it just to mess with me. It's the first time he shaved since the wedding, I think. Like two and a half years ago or whatever it is. Is it like two? <laughs> has it been that long? Yeah, two and a half years, right? Well, I don't know if it's coming through on camera. I just used my, uh, like the trimmer just with no guard. Okay. So, I mean, there's still, I'm you look not like clean a, shaven. You look like you have a scruffy mustache and nothing else. And a little yeah, bit of mustache, this. The mustache is, oh, there we go. It doesn't really go away. Like, even if I did use an actual razor blade on the mustache, I would still have like a five o'clock shadow mustache. Thanks for leaving me hanging. I appreciate it. But if you really like us, like Sean likes me, you can go to patreon.com slash two player co-op, just like our producers, Steve Appleton, Aunt Sue, and for the first time ever, Vernon Slayton did shout out to Memphis's own Vernon Slayton. Um, I did get your gift bag, gift bag, gift box. Um, there's definitely some that I want to check out. Like we, we said on Patreon, uh, we're, we're definitely going to be busy with the game we're going to talk about here in a little bit for probably a while. <laughs> Actually, I'll probably be busy with it longer than Sean has. He probably already beat it already. Um, but thank you so much. Thank you for subbing on Patreon. Thank you for being here. We really do appreciate it. And our affiliates, Logan Wilkinson and James Solar. Um, remind me to give a shout out to James Solar in a little bit when we talk about what we've been playing, Sean. Okay. If you like merch, you can go to teespring.com slash stores slash two-player co-op. And whenever we start twitching again, it'll be over at twitch.tv slash two-player underscore co-op. Um, I probably should have said this last week, but go check out our Mario Mondays uh, series on Mario 2. That is now on hiatus because we are being good global citizens, as Jay Billis says, 
and we are social distancing. So Mario 2, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, is now done. Uh, we made it up through World 5. We recorded that a few weeks ago. We did a marathon session. We, we streamed it on Twitch for like two hours. It's weird how the three videos only amounted to like 45 minutes. That's weird. Um, but Mario 2 is done for now. Whenever this hellscape is over with, we'll try to finish it off, I guess. Um, but hopefully later in this year, once everything gets back to normal, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, hopefully, or maybe that was just last week. I don't know. Time is a flat circle at this point. Um, there will definitely, hopefully be some Mario games that we will be playing like crazy on Mario Mondays here for sure. But until that time, go check out Mario 2. Um, at some point, Sean, I need to get up here and just download those two Mario levels you made. But right now, I really just want to play Final Fantasy. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, so at some point in the next few weeks, there will probably be a Let's Play of me getting incredibly pissed off playing Sean's Mario Maker levels that he did for me um, without him here and they're, they're him to save me. They're really not bad. They're my two... I'm trying to think if I have any other levels that I've made that you haven't played. The two that I want you to play are the two Zelda levels. The my two Forest temples. Temple. Okay. Yeah, the Forest Temple and the Fire Temple. Neither of them are bad. I was just trying to make it kind of feel like a Zelda kind of thing. Neither of them are that bad. I don't think you'll have any issues. It's not the desert of desertion or whatever. Uh, dis Despair. Disheartening desert. Disheartening desert. Well, it was. <laughs> I was full of despair as well, so whatever. Uh, so I'll put that up at some point. Um, another thing we mentioned Patreon earlier, but if you are a patron at the $5 or above level, the, the way we set Patreon up was the bonus episodes were only available to patrons at $10 or above because the world is insane right now. And because we are so thankful for everybody that pledges on Patreon over there, we bumped these first eight episodes down to $5 and above, and they're going to stay that way. So the first eight bonus episodes that we did, if you didn't see our tweet or if you didn't get notified by Patreon, I'm really not sure how that works. I don't think it notifies you if I just change something. But um, if you're $5 or above, patreon.com slash co-op, you can get the full um, eight uh, so far, our first eight bonus episodes, you have access to them now. It's the least we can do. I mean, I, you know, we, we are so thankful, as I say all the time, for all of your support. And this was just one little way we can give back um, so that those aren't locked to the $10 and above level. So we hope you go and you watch them. If you're not a patron yet and you've been thinking about doing it and hopefully you have not had your job furloughed or anything like that. Um, if you want to pledge and you said 10 bucks is too much, if you want to do five, you've got eight bonus episodes you can get right now and they will stay that way forever. That will not change. So just a little thank you. We want to do for everybody that helps us over at patreon.com slash two player co-op. Thank you. Uh, the world's crazy. Sean. Yes. I was thinking about this as I was driving back from Kroger as I had to make a beverage run. Do you remember episode 100? And I know you do, but the reason I'm asking this is I was thinking about this on the way home. One of the questions somebody asked us on episode 100, that was our viewer slash listener appreciation episode. One of the questions somebody asked was something to the effect of, and I can't remember who it was or what the exact question was, but it was like, 
what's your favorite post-apocalyptic setting? And then I just took that and ran with it. It was like, how long do we think we would survive in the apocalypse? And we were talking about like, how long will the electricity last? Will the internet go down? How do we put gas in our cars? How long would we survive? And after being quarantined, not quarantined. I, I, first off, I hate how everybody says you're quarantined. You are not quarantined. You're only quarantined if you are sick. This is like roof of my mouth is yeah. really the ceiling of my mouth. Thank you. Um, but after three weeks of this nonsense or four, I really don't know how long it's been. I think it's been three. Um, at least here in Memphis. Yeah. I think I was saying like, maybe I could last a year, but now that I've gone like three weeks and I have my family and internet and electricity and gas and beer and everything, I think my projections in episode 100 were way off. I really don't think I would survive very long by myself. Like I've gone crazy enough having my family around me, the people that I love more than anything. Like if I didn't have them, I don't think that I would last a year or two or six months even. Um, it was just something funny I thought of on the way home and I didn't know if you had anything to add to it. Wait, which one was 100? That was our viewer listener appreciation episode. That wasn't like the really... That was about three hours, but episode 50 was the crazy one. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking of 50. Did we do 100 here? At your house, yep. Okay. Yeah, I guess I kind of remember that. That was right before we said we were stepping away from podcasting and just focusing on YouTube, and then we came back to the family, so. Okay. Do you think you could survive in the apocalypse, seeing as how we're in one right now? Um, I definitely have a different mindset on the whole thing now. I think what's weird is, I think what's partially making it tough right now is this is not post-apocalyptic. The world out there, other than, you know, obviously the virus, but like for the most part, the world out there is fine. Yeah, things were close, but it's not like it's still fine. You look outside. It's not post-apocalyptic. Right. It looks exactly like it did before. So it's like, you know that there's this world out there that in the hopefully not too distant future, we're going to get back to. And so there's this element of like, just, you're just constantly waiting and waiting and waiting. When is this going to end? And when is this going to end? As opposed to just like, if it was truly post-apocalyptic, it's already over. Be yeah. I think I'd be better off because I wouldn't be so like, as bad as it sounds, there's nothing to look forward to. It's like, well, this is right. it. Like, I don't there's know. There's no it hope. Seems... There's nothing. Exactly. Yeah. But now everybody's just like, when do we finally get to go out and live again? And it's just, I think that's what's driving people crazy. Yep. Agreed. Um, speaking of going crazy, I cut my kids hair. Uh, my two older boys, I really just did the clippers on the sides in the back and I cut a little bit off the top of Nick and then when his hair wasn't parted and slicked back, I realized that I kind of gave him a bang job like you gave yourself when you were five or six years old. <laughs> so I fixed that. I got them out. I looked up another video because really all I was looking was like, how do I do the clippers and where do I stop and how do I blend it and blah, blah, blah. And that was great. But then I tried to just like put the bangs down and then go and it went like so I had to fix that. And I told Nick. Cause I was like, Brit and so Brittany cut Sean's hair as well. Sean's hair looked good, but it's like, I was telling Jess, like, even if Brittany screws up the top, the way Sean and I do our hair, 
like you can just put gel in it or product, whatever. Right, you, you can, can make just, it look. Exactly. Hide it along. Yeah. But Nick doesn't do that. Nick's hair is like Noah's is cool and it's wavy and stuff. So like if I cut that, it'd probably be fine. But Nick's just goes like, like freaking Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber. It just goes straight down. <laughs> so I was like, I need to clean that up. My hair is not long enough that I'm going to let Jess uh, cut it yet. But I'm almost to the point now where I do cut it. I may just buzz it, Sean. I may go old school and just go. So that was my backup plan. So yeah, Brittany cut my hair and I wouldn't say I was expecting it, but I was prepared if it didn't go very well or whatever. I'm like, worst case, like the back and the sides are easy. You just use the clippers. It's the top that's tricky. And if anything gets screwed up on the top, then whatever, I just take the clippers all over and, yeah other than you and whoever's out there watching this like who's gonna see me anyway who cares so right it wouldn't have been the end of the world but luckily it didn't come to that but i was prepared if it did have you ever buzzed your head no you haven't i i've i did it in the past i don't know if you remember i i remember yeah and i've never no texas was when i got when i tried to get the same haircut that i've had ever since then but it was like it was I thought like, you buzzed, didn't you? Oh no, I did buzz it. And it, mom didn't come with us that one that time. And I think when we came back home and she saw that you had buzzed your head, and she was like mortified. Yeah, because I think that's when that was the year that I got my yeah that was before junior year because I got my school picture taken and I was kind of I had had I had just done a second buzz or it was starting to grow out, but I was like oh crap because that was when I got in the fight with Kurt Guyette, and he punched me in the forehead. And he cracked my forehead open and I went nuts and I kicked him in the stomach and then I just beat the living hell out of him. Um, but I, but mom and dad didn't see it cause I was just like, crap, I can't let them see me with a cracked open forehead. So I just wore a hat forever until it started healing. And then I remember when I got my school picture taken, you could kind of see like right there. It was like, oh crap. <laughs> um, so I may just buzz it, but I'm afraid if I buzz it as gray as it is, it'll come back all gray. I just, I don't know. That's not how it works. I don't know. What, you, should, <laughs> you should. Cut my, go bald, go stone cold. Just just go full Breaking Bad. Leave the goatee and shave your head. <laughs> You're GD right I am. <laughs> oh, God. Um, That was probably loud. Oh, God. All right. What else in this apocalypse? Oh, one thing that concerns me, Sony has started issuing refunds for people that bought The Last of Us Part Two digital on PSN. Now, I've heard some people like Justin Davis at IGN was saying, don't freak out. It could just be that when you buy something digital on PSN, but the way it works is when you buy something, even if it's three months before it comes out, they charge your credit card. Whereas Amazon doesn't charge you until it ships. So there could be some legal thing they're trying to get around where if it's like, what the hell, Sony? You promised us this was coming out on May 23rd or whatever it is. And now it's not coming out. Why do you have my money? I don't know, but it just makes me a little bit nervous that like, maybe it's just because I'm I'm a pessimist and I just think they're refunding it because they really have no idea when the hell this game's going to come out. But that was just something I noticed this week that gave me pause. Yeah, I don't, I certainly wouldn't. I don't know. I think it's 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 fine. It is probably something like what he was explaining where 
or maybe they're just like look this is a crappy situation and everybody needs money now more than ever and you know that 60 bucks could mean a lot to a lot of people so let's go ahead and be proactive and give that back to them for now and i really hope so if this game is delayed till ps5 now that i've had like a week for it to sink in god that's gonna that's really gonna suck but um sean yes have you played anything this week other than the main topic this week um no okay real quick um i made some more progress on twin breaker shout out to james solar for saving me for my trophy hellscape um james was right so psn profiles what i was talking about last week remember how i said if you don't get the trophy beating it within 24 earth hours you have to do it new game plus or you can't get it that's not true it's not the first time you play it it's not a missable trophy so what i did was i went back and played the regular game of twin breaker and i beat it in like two or three hours trophy popped good to go so I don't know how to like tweet PSN profiles because their Twitter account is really just, it's just automated. Whenever a trophy pops, it, it gets populated and they tweet it out. Nobody's actually like managing it, but they've got that marked as a missable trophy and it is not. Um, so I made some more progress in Twin Breaker. I started New Game Plus. I got through five or six levels. New Game Plus is even crazier. There's like, it seems like double the amount of bricks that you have to break. Um, as there was in the regular game. But I mean, I can get, eventually I'll get through new game plus. The the problem I see with this, and I probably got like 10 more trophies, but the problem I see with this is you have to S rank 20 levels. I think I've S ranked at least 10 because I think that trophy popped maybe 11 or 12. So I can, I think I can get to 20 S ranks. The problem is not the S ranks. The problem is the A ranks. To get the platinum trophy, you have to get an A rank in all 40 stages. Because if you get an A rank, you unlock a codex, which gives you more backstory and whatever and blah, blah, blah. And that's one of the trophies. Some of these later levels, when I was playing through the regular game again, I don't know that I can get an A rank on every single level. Now, maybe if I'm just not like, like I was under a time crunch and I was like, I don't care how many times I die. I just got to beat this level, get on to the next and go. I don't care what my rank is. But that's what worries me. I really don't know. I mean, Solar got the Platinum. So it's definitely doable. Solar is good at video games. He's also young, so maybe his reflexes are better than mine. But I don't know that I can get this Platinum. I really don't. Um, and I don't know the next time I'm going to play it because I've got one game I'm going to be playing from here until two, three weeks from now, probably, I would guess. Uh, I don't know. I knocked out a lot of the trophy. A lot of the trophies are just as you play through the levels, you'll, you'll miss power-ups, you'll get power-ups, you'll break these blocks with this power-up or this power-up or whatever. A lot of them, they're going to come naturally, but it's that A-rank, every-level trophy that's got me super nervous that I really don't know if I can do it. Thank you. I think you'll push through. So I'm sitting on 41 Platinums. Um, I mentioned to Sean off-air. I didn't mention on here, but I looked up um, Lily Mo Games. I knew they had made or he, Barry, had made Perils of Baking before, which is a relatively easy platinum, I guess. But then I looked up his other game called Habraxia, which I had heard of but never looked it up. And I was like, 
I, I texted Sean or Skyped him or something. I was like, holy crap, this actually looks like a lot of fun. It's only eight bucks. It's a side-scrolling space shooter like R-Type or something. And then there's some levels that go vertical as well. And it's definitely a very achievable platinum, but it looks like it's actually fun. Um, and it is crossed by PS4 or PS Vita. So that could get me to 43. Whenever I'm done with Final Fantasy, I'm going to go back to Hellblade. That'll be 44. Tales from the Borderlands will be 45. I got Donut County. Sean laughs whenever I say that game. That could be 46. If I can figure out how to make the, the raccoon eat all the trash or whatever is in that game. I'm going to get to 50, but I'm no longer going to say that my 50th trophy is going to be Metal Gear Solid 3 on the Vita because by the time I get ready to get my 50th trophy, we might be into The Last of Us 2, Watch Dogs Legion, the PS5, etc. So I don't really know what's going to happen there. But my goal is still to get 50 Platinums this year. How long either game time or real world time do you think it takes to get Metal Gear Solid 3 Platinum? 15 to 20 hours because you can do it. Oh, that's not bad. You can do it in like kind of one playthrough. Like as long as you save, if you're getting the frogs, if you're shooting the frogs on every screen, like you have to follow a guide for that because I'll never remember where they all are. So you shoot the frog on every screen. You need to save it before you get to the part where you can kill Ocelot and get a time paradox because you want to kill him, reload your last save, and then go through it again because you, you also have to do a no death, uh, a no kill run as well. So you can do one playthrough as a no-kill run. Save it before you kill Ocelot. Reload your last save. Save it before you get to the part where you can kill the end early. Remember where you can hit him with a sniper? Yep. When he's like coming out of the building, you reload your last save there. You can do it in one run, but it's probably probably around 15 hours or so. It just, it doesn't... Metal Gear Solid 3 is not the best playing game ever already. And then on Vita, it's even less of a good playing game um just because the vita is so small and that d-pad so small and the sticks are in weird positions it's it's tough it's not the touch screen at all because you can it's actually what i remember playing at the the hour or so i played on the vita was it's pretty easy to just because you tap the screen instead of using like r1 or l1 to go through your inventory like either your items or your weapons you just tap the screen and you like scroll to pick whatever weapon you want. That's super easy. I didn't have a problem with that. It's just more the placement of the sticks and the D-pad and everything, and those buttons are so tiny. That's that's the issue there. Yeah, I got you. Also, Sean, I rolled credits on a game called Resident Evil 3. So last week... So I beat it in set right at seven hours, like seven hours and three minutes, I think it was, which is funny because it told you, you know how when you beat it, it shows like my time was like five hour, five and a half hours, but then it shows you actually your actual total play time was like seven hours and three minutes, which I appreciate that because if you die and you got to go back to a checkpoint, it's not counting the time you already played. You know what I mean? Right. So I appreciate that it did that, but, um, <sighs> Yeah, so last week I had gotten through the hospital. I went back, per Sean's advice, and I got a item. Excuse me, that was definitely helpful. Um, I'm not going to talk about a lot because I wrote down some notes here, but a lot of it is spoilerific, and if you haven't beat this short game yet, I still don't want to spoil it for you. 
Um, like I texted you, I like the logs that you read after you do the fuse thing where you kind of get a backstory on Nikolai and Nemesis and like you could play this game and never read these these like documents and stuff but you really should take the time because the game freezes you don't have to worry about zombies eating you while you're reading these logs and stuff when you read these it tells you like really what nemesis is and when i found that out i was like i texted sean i was like holy crap i didn't know that i probably should have but i didn't realize it um the the part where you go through the lab Sean, I'm going to be vague here, but you know what I'm talking about. When you go through the lab and you see everything that's like encased in like the glass, the huge glass cylinders, you know? Yep. I was like, holy crap. And then of course you go back through there and I was like, ah, oh, crap. I should have known this was going to happen. Um, the, I think, so I said last week, Nemesis is more annoying than terrifying, whereas Mr. X was more terrifying than annoying. I think I figured out one of the issues with it is that so many of the times you run into Nemesis in this game, it's just a cutscene. Like, especially right. I, when I when this finally dawned on me was the one near the end where there's he's coming after you and there's like these gas cylinders or something. And Jill shoots one, go boom. And then you're like crawling away. But the, the only part that's playable is you crawling to try to get to the gun, you know? But then it's like you get close to the gun and it's just cutscene and all this happens and it's a cutscene. And then you chase after you again and it's a cutscene. And it's like, I think that's my biggest problem. It's like there were so many nemesis cutscenes or nemesis, as I like to call them, that if some of these would have been playable, I think it would have made him more intimidating, but it was like the only time you're only playing when he's on the screen, if you're running away and really it's just like on rails, you just run and you're fine or it's a boss fight. And I think that's kind of what did him, did him in. There was no nemesis or, I mean, there was no Mr. X cutscenes that I can remember except for Claire, right? In the elevator, because you don't actually kill him as Claire, right? I'm trying to think back. I think, isn't it? She's getting in. I mean, the game's only a year old, but it's also 22 years old, whatever. But in Resident Evil 2, Claire gets in the elevator with a little girl. And Mr. X comes in and then there's like a cutscene, right? Where he's like trying to get in the elevator. Something happens. You don't actually fight him. But she kills him or he dies. I, I can't remember exactly what it is. But does that make any sense? Yeah, I I agree. It's not part of what was scary about Mr. X wasn't so much that you never know when he's going to pop out and get you, but it was more just uh how do I put it? Like just kind of knowing that he's always there. Like you don't have the feeling that Nemesis is around until he's there. Right. But Mr. X, you're like, I may go into a door and it's not like cutscene, boom, here's Mr. X, blah, blah, blah. You may just turn around a corner and he's there. Like you can never, as soon as he shows up, you can almost never really let your guard down. Whereas with Nemesis, it always just seemed like, okay, I got past it. He's gone now. I'm good for a while. 
and just go about your business. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what else did I write down here? So the second to last fight with him was epic. Uh, the crane, I said out loud, ooh! Now, I don't know if that's what you texted me about or if you texted me about if if you meant the final encounter with him. What it's, I was saying was really cool. Yeah. Because they you both finally were. get rid of him. Okay, yes. Yeah. When she picked that thing up, and I was like, ho, ho, ho. But they fake you out because it's like, oh, no, no, no. It's not that easy. You still got to fight this thing, and you got to go over here and do the thing and go over here and do these two things, and then you got to go back and get it and do the thing and then you got to do the thing again and then the cutscene was just like jill is a freaking badass like i yeah i love jill in this game like i i still think this is not as good as re2 but that's not like a demerit to it like re2 remake is still my favorite after playing this it is my re2 remake is still my favorite resident evil game we'll talk about resident evil again here in a little bit but this, like I said last week, it's about an eight. I think it is somewhere around after I played through the end and everything and you get the backstory on Nemesis and what I'm, Nemesis and what Umbrella was doing and everything and the final boss fight, the ending, which I didn't know that's what happened to Raccoon City. I don't know why. I guess I'm just in the dark, <laughs> 21-year-old game. Um, but it is more an 8.5 to a nine, somewhere in there, maybe like an 8.75 if I was going to do quarter points. Like it's short. Yes. I don't feel the need to play through it again. Uh, I haven't deleted it yet, but I had like enough points to get like maybe two of the upgrades or something, but like I've already seen the story. I know I cannot get the platinum in this game and now I've got final fantasy seven. So there's really no while I don't think this necessarily was a $60 game, I think I got it for 50 on Amazon when it was on sale. I think that's kind of fair. It's kind of like how I thought about Link's Awakening. Like, I really like that game, but it shouldn't have been a full price $60 game. I kind of feel like this should have been 40 to 50 retail, kind of like how uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy was, you know? That's about the same length, six to eight hours, Uncharted, started as dlc became a full release etc um but i don't regret my purchase at all and until this week re3 was my game of the year i like it better than doom i don't know that it's quote unquote a better game than doom eternal but it's more my kind of game even if i think doom is probably a better made game and whatever blah 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 re3 is more my kind of game and up until this week it was my game of the year so i don't know do you have any more thoughts on re3 re3 make i think it's you know right around uh like you said 8.5 to 9 out of 10 um one thing i will say about it which i these days i honestly can't say about a lot of games but there's no doubt in my mind that i will go back and play through this game again at least one more time if not multiple times so yeah i beat the game in like a little over six hours and if you just look at you know you paid sixty dollars and it only gave you six hours of gameplay well that that doesn't seem so great but 
it's not like I'm never going to play it again. I will absolutely play through this game at least one more time, if not multiple times before all is said and done. So um, a lot of games I beat and then I'm happy that I beat it. And then I have no intentions on ever going back and playing again. And I don't have that with this. So I'm, I'm totally fine with it. Yeah. I could see myself honestly, like this summer, depending on how long last of us is delayed going back like we talked about last week and playing through RE2, Claire A, Leon B, and then go right into Resident Evil 3. Like just make it like a week-long affair and just go for it. And I think that would be that would be pretty freaking cool because then it would almost feel like it's just one game kind of and it's just told from three different perspectives. You know what I mean? Like I think I'll play it again, but I don't feel the need to just be like, oh, I want to go and get the unlimited rocket launcher and play it on inferno and do a speed run in two hours i'm not i'm not going to do any of that crap but i right. would like to play through it again probably like i said later in this year especially depending on what comes out this year to figure out where it really ranks in my game of the year ranking um but yeah i am i'm so happy this game exists i'm so happy with the future of re uh in general which we'll talk about later um but yeah i really really liked re3 yeah but sean You've been waiting 23 years for me to say this. Sean, a game came out this week called Final Fantasy VII Remake. Sean, before you give your thoughts, I want to tell you where I am in the game without spoilers. I'm right at nine hours. You probably thought I played it less, but I got to nine hours. I am what I assume to be at the end of chapter seven. I'm about to fight that the robot thing. Um, because I got to a rest area. Which where one? Can, the uh, where you have to like dispose. You have to okay. key cards and stuff. Yeah. Um, yep. I have so many questions, but that's where I am. But I got to the part where I found a bench. I could rest. There was a vending machine. I'm like, I'm just going to save it now. It was like, 10 30 last night i'm like i'm way too tired i'm not about to try to fight this thing um so that's where i'm at sean how far are you in final fantasy 7 remake and please god just tell me all your thoughts so i don't even know i think i'm on chapter i'd have to look it up i was just playing um i don't remember what number um I'm quite a bit further than you, but what I will yeah. say, that boss is the first time. Are you playing on normal or easy? I'm playing on normal. I've died, I think, four or five times. The, the funny thing is I haven't died at, I think there's only been two bosses so far. There's the scorpion boss, then there's the crab kind of robot thing. I didn't die at either of them. I don't know if it's because I approached the fights differently. Where I've died, I died one time before you got to the crab thing, when you're like infiltrating the warehouse or whatever, and one of the shock troopers just got me, I wasn't paying attention because I was just cloud. I think I wasn't paying attention. My, my HP, I died. The other times I've died, the other three or four times it's been like when the enemies enemies I have to fight are like the sentry guns and the rocket launchers and stuff. And I'm just not managing my party correctly. And I die but I haven't died to any of the bosses yet, but I'm so scared about what you're about to say about this damn robot boss. So this was the first boss that, that I had to 
change the difficulty too easy. Oh, um, God. I think it's not one of those things where I'm just like, I'll never get past this, but it is a long fight. Oh. And I tried it twice and I died near the end. I got him down at least 80%, probably like 20% health left. Um, and died twice and i'm like i just can't bring myself to try again and fail because it's a long fight and i'm like you know what i don't care i'm just putting it on easy i smoked him in like five minutes really i think when you change it to easy i know there's this one big attack he does that it literally the BBs. it was some I don't even know if it's that. It was just some giant like laser blast thing. Oh, okay. And it took basically half the damage from me that it did on normal. And on top of that, I think I was dealing twice the damage. So you can make an argument that it's like four times easier on easy. So um, what I will say, one of the things I think it was Schreier tweeted or it was in his article is something... I don't know what this means, but in chapter eight, because I've fought dogs multiple times in this game, but Schreier or somebody at Kotaku said, when you get to chapter eight, don't feel bad about knocking the difficulty down to easy to deal with the dogs. I think it was chapter eight, maybe it was 13, but for some reason I think it was eight. Um, it, like I've fought dogs multiple times in this thing and I deal, they have a lot of HP, but I've dealt with them fine. Do you remember some something like in the chapter after the robot where the dogs were just like destroying you? The only dogs I can really think of that would maybe cause a problem would be probably another two or three chapters after where you are. Oh, wow. In the, okay. um, the whole wall market storyline part. Um but even them, I didn't struggle with them. There is a very tough boss around that part. Um, I beat it on the first try, but it was one of those things where it just felt like it was taking forever. Um, but I am now at what I believe is probably going to be the second boss that I have to drop it down to easy for because I... I it's just it's tough um do you know how long you've been playing it do you know what your clock is approximately i'm trying to think of what i saw it at probably 16 or 17 i was gonna say 15 16 okay yeah um but yeah so just in general i love this game I mean, I, I I was a little worried going in just because I didn't know what to expect with the combat and stuff. Um, one other thing that so far I've been pleasantly surprised with, but I'm also curious to see how it continues to play out over the course of the game. It, it's weird. In my mind, I'm like, holy crap, we're getting, well, the first part of the Final Fantasy VII remake. I can't believe this is happening. This is so cool. But it never really struck me as... I mean, Final Fantasy, when done right, it's up there with Zelda in terms of me just being over the moon excited for it. And it never really hit me 
or I never really thought about it in such a way that I was like, holy crap, I'm, I, we have a new Final Fantasy game. I was just thinking, well, that's part of Final Fantasy VII. But so far, it does seem like they've, like, with all the side quests, I don't know, it's, it, it, it definitely feels like a full Final Fantasy game, which I, for some reason, was not going in. It's not that I wasn't expecting it, but I just hadn't really thought about it that way and so i've been pleasantly surprised with it so far i am curious to see how like are they linked somehow or when we play part two are you basically starting a brand new final fantasy 7 or you know a brand new final fantasy game do you somehow take your progress over from the first one because like a lot of my spells like you know fire i've already got the material leveled up all the way and I can use Fyraga and all this stuff. And it's like, if you were playing they actual Final to. Fantasy seven, well, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it seems like it'll just reset because otherwise, I don't know. I'm going to go in. I don't know. Like, I don't know if it seems like part two and part three, and hopefully there's not any more than that you're well into Final Fantasy VII and the game should feel very difficult. But if they treat them all as separate titles, you're going to go in and start each one in almost like a tutorial kind of mode where everything is just, you're fighting these little basic piddly enemies. I don't yeah. know, it's just going to have a weird feel. So I'm curious to see how it all plays out. Um, I don't know how much I've done all of the like quests that have popped so far. I've done all of them. I don't know how much more I would guess I'm maybe a little over halfway or right, probably right around halfway storyline wise, but um, I'm curious to see how much more additional content there is. And like Final Fantasy seven, the original is known for like some of the optional bosses. Uh, and, but you're nowhere near that in this game. Like they're at the end of the game. And so, so I don't think, I don't know. I'm curious to see, I don't know. It, while it is, it does feel like a standalone AAA Final Fantasy game. It's also like, well, but we know, or some of us know where this goes and where it ends up. And how do you put that kind of content into this game? So I don't know. So for me, I love, and I think I tweeted Bernardo this earlier. I love how they do the side quests in this. I am not an RPG guy. You know that. Everybody knows it at this point. I love that if you do a side quest, when you complete it, it says, do you want to go back to the person that gave you this? And you say, yes, you don't have to go through the map and run around and do whatever. No, it just takes you back there and you click triangle. And it's like, hey, you did the side quest. Thanks. That was awesome. Um, I love that. Although what I will say, there are times where I could just run back to the person in 10 seconds and instead I fast travel and it takes like 30 seconds to load to get me back there. <laughs> well, but, you need a PS5, whatever. 825 gigabyte SSD, Sean. Um, I, I love that. I love um, I, what I think is going to happen. Oh God, what are the two things I want? Okay. I want to talk about what comes next. I want to talk about somebody that's never played Final Fantasy VII like me. What I think, what I hope they will do, because Square Enix or Enix, whatever you say, is a more than competent <laughs> game-making company. Like, 
they know how to do this stuff. I think what they will do is they will have something in place as if, if you played Final Fantasy VII Remake and then you buy Final Fantasy VII two and then three or whatever, I got to think what they'll do is they're, they're, what made me think of this was Solar tweeting about how he's doing Assassin's Creed Odyssey and he's going for the platinum. And I remember that game having the enemy scaling was optional. You could do it if you didn't want to, you didn't have to do it. I think what they would do is something like this is if you played Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 1, you can bring your progress over to Part 2. The enemies would then scale based on that. So you're not, even if you're fighting little piddlywink enemies, they're going to have more HP and they'll do more damage or something. So you don't feel like you're just, you know, super OP and you can just wreck everybody. And that's how they will make it work. But if you just start from scratch on Final Fantasy VII Part Two, maybe if by the time we beat this, we're level 33, maybe they start you at level 25 or something like this. Like when you start this game with Cloud, you're level seven, which I thought was the most random thing. That's why I was so confused about the demo because it's like, I played the demo and says, Cloud, level seven. Oh, you're level eight now. And I'm like, okay. So the, like, again, I only played Final Fantasy VII for like a half hour in my life. I didn't remember that that, getting off the train, doing the bombing run was the first part of Final Fantasy VII. In my mind, I did not remember that. So when I played the demo and it said Cloud's level seven, I was like, okay, there is something before this. And then you meet up with the team, you do the bombing run, whatever. So I didn't know that's how the game was going to start. So that's when it started like that. That's why I texted you. I was like, wait, the game starts with a bombing run? I didn't realize that like the demo does. Um, The other thing though, it's so weird for me to, like I know the big story beats of Final Fantasy VII. I know Aerith and I know, well, that's really it. I know Sephiroth is a bad guy and I know Aerith dies. Spoiler alert. I don't, it's 23 years old. But, I don't have the view of everything else that happens. So to me, it's so weird because like I have such a different view on this game than you do that I feel like nine hours in, I feel like I could have a whole game just inside of Midgar, not knowing what happens after this. Like this to me feels like these 35, 40 hours, whatever I'm going to put into this game before I finally beat it, probably uneasy it's going to feel to me like I got a full experience. Now I've heard that it gets completely ridiculously insane and nothing makes sense at the end of this. Even if you've played the original final fantasy seven, whatever I'm okay with them leaving it on a cliffhanger, no issues with that. But I wonder if like, since I don't know, like, I I don't know, like scorpion boss, I knew was in final fantasy seven. Cause I think I fought that thing in the half hour, 45 minutes that I played it. Um, the robot thing I'm about to fight and the crab thing. I don't know if they were in the first game because I didn't get that far. I don't know if these flashbacks, I'm going to be vague here, these flashbacks, but then I also got a vision of the future or something with Tifa with the sword. Was that the original game? Like I have so many questions for you. What was that in the original game? Wait, which one? Where Cloud sees something before I plant the bomb. Well, I'm kind of getting a little specific. Before I plant the bomb in Sector 5, he go, he's walking up there and he goes, oh, oh, oh. Tifa is standing over somebody and she looks like a cowgirl. And she grabs the sword and she walks toward the door. And Cloud wakes up and goes, Tifa. She's like, yeah, I'm right here. Um, 
it's yeah it's yeah. pretty much <laughs> it's 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 pretty faithful to the original yes okay good that's cool but like um, but I, what's I just, weird there's go. at least one vision thing um it hasn't happened for you yet that is very much a it's in the next chapter okay um it is very much not a flashback. It is more a premonition. Um, From the original in, game or no? What's that? From the original game or no? Um, it's something that happens in the original game, but you don't see it. I mean, you just see it when it happens. Whereas this, okay. it's one of his visions, hallucinations, whatever but it's of the future. Um, and when I saw it, I was like, oh, God, like, I don't know. I'm curious. You'll, it's, I'm pretty sure it's the next chapter for you. Okay. Um, and I'm curious to see if you even, like, pick up on it or what, since you don't really know what to look for. Um, but, yeah, the game has been, well... The story, they definitely are introducing some stuff earlier in this game and just things that didn't even happen to was, my knowledge. Was Roche or Roach, whatever his name is in the original game? I don't think so. Okay. Um, but overall, it's pretty faithful. Even like some of the dialogue is word for word from the original. Oh. Um, all to my knowledge this guy that i'm at right now i don't remember him being in the original but i think almost every other like boss fight has been it was, it was in the original this robot um, thing i'm about to fight was that in the oh original? yeah but he wasn't they make a big deal about him in this in the original okay. you know it, it, they don't give this whole backstory to this robot it's just like Oh no, we're gonna stop you and robot. You know, it wasn't the whole. It wasn't the whole. The whole TV thing, and we set you up and all that. I don't remember. I think there's some element of that, but they don't. It's not like, oh my god, what do you see that thing, man? I hope we don't have to fight that. If we do, we better just run. It's just, it's like the scorpion boss. You just, you're in the reactor, and then all of a sudden it's you know, oh boss fight, and here's this generic robot you gotta fight. So they build it up a lot more. That's what I thought was going to happen when I set the bomb and you're running back. And I was like, before you go to the ladder, and then it's like, woohoo, woohoo. Um, I was like, it's just going to come out of this big door over here. Was this uh, Heisiger, whatever his name is? Was that guy in the original game? Heidegger? Heidegger, whatever his name is. What was the question? What was he in the original game? Heidegger? Yeah, he was. Okay. Yeah, Heidegger. He was in the original um he's almost more i mean you could say it about the whole game really but he's definitely more of like a caricature in the first okay. one he's always just got this like <laughs> kind of la- like he's just like over the top like maniacal guy where in this one he's just i don't know he's just like this evil general guy i don't know he's much more 
toned down in this one. Like I said, in the in the original, he's almost like he's a caricature of what you see in this one, kind of. So is this game everything you wanted it to be? Is it like, I'm just trying, because this game for you is Metal Gear Solid 3 remake for me, which probably won't happen. But like, is this, like, how are you feeling right now? 15, 16, 17 hours in. Like I saw your initial tweets. You couldn't believe this was happening. Um, the the Tifa scene when they were young, I guess, was like, holy crap. Was that in the original game? Which one? The uh, Tifa and Cloud when they were younger. Oh, yep. Like, okay. Shot for shot. Like when they show. Oh. Yeah. Yes. <sighs> So like so what, that's one thing when I when I do finish this I'm going back and I'm gonna play I'm gonna have to play through the original again. I, I will say as much as this is gonna shock you, well no because I don't know the whole story so I probably won't. But I will probably play through. I'll reload it on my PS4 and I'll play through wherever this game ends and then stop. Is kind of what I think I'll do. Yeah, and I think it'll be obvious. I think both of these okay. games unless this takes a drastically different approach, I'm guessing this game just, this is the Midgar game. And when you leave Midgar in the original one, it's almost like starting a new game because you go, now all of a sudden you're out in the world and you have this, you have like the mini map and it's, you know, it's, it's that kind of feel. And I think once you leave Midgar, you can't even go back until way late into the game. Um, so there's a very defined line. It may even just be the end of disc one. I don't. I think. It, I think it's probably the end of disc one, if I remember correctly. But it'll be easy for you to just stop there. And okay. But yeah, I think you should do it, especially in the new one, because you can do like all the yeah the cheats and stuff to like go through it quicker and just so you can experience. And I mean, you'll be seeing it the opposite i mean i guess it will still be cool for you because you'll be playing the original and being like oh i remember that from the remake and i remember this from the remake and yeah but but i mean so what are your overall thoughts so far is it meeting expectations falling short blowing them out of the water where where are you at so far it's easily meeting my expectation i just i think i would have been happy as long as they didn't screw it up and yeah. they in no way have they screwed it up. Um, I think they've been more than faithful enough to the original while also bringing the game into the 21st century. Like it's, it's, it feels like a modern game. They didn't handcuff it to the original so much to where even this brand new game kind of feels dated. I'm totally fine with the combat. I think it, it works perfectly. Um, they, I like some of the stuff they've added in terms of weight, like how you can level up your weapons and how each weapon has like a different ability. But if you master that ability, you can use it with any weapon. I just think everything they did, it, it works perfectly. It's such a cool system. Now I'm hoping that they don't totally flip the script and change everything for part two and again for part three. Like I hope it follows this exact like it should literally be a continuation of this and don't change anything. Um, it's everything that I wanted it to be, or at least everything that I realistically wanted it to be. I don't see any way 
Well, I mean, who knows? Because I haven't gotten to any of like the real crazy emotional parts, which for the most part are going to come in numbers two and three. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Well, I'm about, I'm coming up on a big part in this one. So is she, um, do you think she's not going to die in this game? No. Really? Oh, no. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm guessing that'll be the end or more or less the end of two. Oh, that's horrible. See, I, in um, my mind, I was hoping they would just make this two parts, but when you're saying that, well, yeah. I don't know how there's so much more. Okay. Left. Like it would, it would make more sense to make it four parts than two parts, I think. But that's why I think it'll be three. Okay. Um, I think even when you, I don't know, it's, it's impossible to say until I play the remainder, not just of this game, but of the next installments, however many that there are, even though collectively this will go way above and beyond what the original ever could have done. I almost think it's going to be too. I just don't see a way where I like this better than the original. And I didn't ever really expect it to. Um, I just, I don't know to me that the original is just perfect. Yeah. And I like that we're seeing it in, you know, today's graphics and stuff. But with that, you kind of had, I mean, they had to do, they had to do it the way they did. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to think. It's, it's, it's awesome. And it's everything I could have ever hoped it would be. But I don't think even when all is said and done, I can't imagine I'm going to like it better than the original. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Lion King. Like, yeah no matter how good that remake was, it was never going to be better than the original kind of thing, even though it looks better and it's more modernized and whatever. I just can't see it being better than the original, but it's still everything I was hoping it would be. And then some, can you imagine if two or three years from now, we're having this discussion about Metal Gear Solid three remake. Like I can't even, Again, I've said it a million times. I've, I've said it today. I've said it on previous podcasts. Like, I can't even put myself, like, I can't imagine, like, one of your, I don't know, call it top three favorite games of all time. For me, it would be my favorite game of all time being remade. Like, I can't even imagine what in the world that would be like to actually say, like, I cannot believe, like you're saying, like when, when you saw the title screen and everything, and I've saw a lot of people tweet, like the title screen is just perfect and they can't believe it's even happening. Like, that'll be me. Like if, like if they, like, like Metal Gear Solid 3, you know, it's like, and it's like, you see Snake and he's like doing the CQC on these guys while all the camo goes by and all that. And if they like, if they're like redoing that on PS5, like I just can't even imagine what's going to be going through my head. Like, Oh, <sighs> yeah. So let me go through my notes now because I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. First, I will say I like how the items work in this because I put down some extra notes. I like that it's not just like it's clouds items. So like if I've got 15 high potions and a couple mega potions and Phoenix downs and stuff, it doesn't matter if I'm cloud, Barrett, Tifa, Jesse, Wiggs, Biggs, Wedge, whoever, which... When I, I did not know that was Badger. And then when I saw that, I was like, and that when I played it after like seeing that, I was like, 
oh my god yeah it's badger like that's 100 yeah. percent badger um i like that it's it doesn't depend on who you are like the items everybody shares them because the party system that's great question i have before i get into the rest of my stuff because i thought of this as you were talking should i be using anything other than the buster sword with cloud like i got an iron sword or whatever it's called is there any reason for me to use that or do i just keep the buster sword like that's the only thing that i'm i got a question about materia that i'll get to in a little bit too but like is there any reason for me to not just use the buster sword so they definitely changed that in this game in the original every time you got a new weapon it was probably better than your previous one in this one the weapons are not necessarily better or worse they're just different okay um and you but i do i don't see any reason why you wouldn't use that sword um the buster sword or the new sword the new sword oh because so the buster sword like special ability or whatever is just your um the triangle the whatever it's called the other mode that you yeah. can fight in yeah and so hand to hand kind of combat thing yeah right the more powerful yeah um except with that you're just you automatically have it you have 100% proficiency or whatever to where you can use that no matter which weapon you're using the the, the other ones whatever it is and the other one right so every other weapon you get has a different uh unique ability okay and if you do it if you use it enough you can like master it to where you can now use that regardless of which weapon you choose but it's not like every time you find a new weapon it's going to be more powerful than the last um you may come across a weapon later in the game that isn't as powerful but maybe it's got an extra materia slot so you kind of have to weigh do i want to sacrifice a little bit of strength to be able to have like a new yeah materia that i can use um plus they all seem to have their own unique upgrades when you're like upgrading the weapon so this weapon may not be as strong as that weapon however this weapon has more strength upgrades available that you can unlock which will make it end up being stronger than the other one and things like that um when you start looking at like i don't think cloud has it too much but i think like Tifa and Aerith, some of the other weapons you can get for them, maybe since Cloud isn't like a big magic user or whatever, um, you may find a weapon for Aerith or Tifa that it's has weaker like physical damage but higher magic damage. And you gotta figure, well, which how do I want to use this person? Do I want them to be more of a magic user or more of just a physical attacker? So it's not like every single weapon you find as you progress in the game is necessarily better than the previous one. Um but with the Buster Sword, unless you're really just uh, attracted to the way it looks, I don't see why you wouldn't switch to the other one. I think okay. At the very least, it has an, a, an extra materia slot in it. Um, and I'm pretty sure the upgrades are better for it. Um, but yeah, I would you would probably switch. Okay. Well, I'm going to get through this robot thing with a buster sword because it's definitely more powerful, and then I'll figure it out after that. Um, that was the other thing. So does it make sense? Because right now I've got... So lightning is against robots and either fire or blizzard slash ice is against like living things, it seems. 
should I be having, like, if I got three people in my party before I go into a battle, should I have one lightning, one fire, one ice? Uh, like across your whole party? Yeah. Ideally, you want to have every spell available. available so okay. that Because you may come across enemies that um, are like super weak to one particular ele- element. And if you try to use, you know, it's super strong against physical attacks and any element besides that one doesn't really do much more damage than the physical and you're without that, you're going to be in tough shape. Okay. So you pretty much always want to have at least with the offensives, but maybe not poison, but like arrow, blizzard, yeah. fire, thunder. You want to make sure you have at least one of those somewhere on your party. Have you had more than three people in a party yet? Is, is that the max in this game? Do you know? I think it's the max. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Let me go through my notes here because I'm playing this basically for the first time. The game is beautiful. Uh, a lot of people were complaining about texture issues. The only time I've, I've seen, seen, I've seen it a couple times, but it's uh, who cares. The only time I've seen it so far is in clouds, apartment, hotel room, whatever. Like the walls look like crap. And other than that, I'm like, I'm, I'm there to sleep. Like what the hell do I care? Like Midgar looks awesome. Maybe when you're up on the thing and you look down, which by the way, when I got to that section, I think that was like chapter six, when you're going across and turning off the, the, the sun lights or whatever. Um, yeah. When you look down, even though the city kind of looks like crap, it's kind of supposed to because it's like miles down. That even to me, like not playing in VR or anything, I was like, it, it just gives you like a scope of like, you know, the rich and the poor and, and like the, the disparity yeah. between the two, between the, the, the big city and the slums. And it was just like, I just kind of had to stop and just look down and it was so freaking cool. Oh my God. Um, the music. Did you is, get, go ahead. Did you get the summon material up there? No. Cause I said, no, because I, I don't remember which of what. Well, there was two purple materials. One was behind a fan. I didn't go for that. One was across the thing that broke. That's the summon. Ah, oh, crap. No, I've got Efree. But okay. let me just jump ahead in my notes. I've never done a summons before in any game in my life, I'm pretty sure. And the first time that I was like, oh, okay. Like, I got the tutorial. Now my, my summons meter's up. Let me just push X. And freaking Efreet comes out, and I was like, I think I had goosebumps. Like, I've never done a summons in my life. And then I see freaking Efreet just coming out of nowhere. And then there's like fire spinning everywhere and everything. And then when he does his, his final attack, when his bar runs out, I was just like, I get why people like RPGs now. <laughs> like, this is so freaking cool. Like, it, it was just mind-blowing. So, yeah, all I've got so far is Efreet. So they definitely, they, yeah, they have the summons be, I think they started it the, in, in a little bit, in a way they did it in 10. I don't remember how they were in eight. I'm assuming they were in nine. I never really played nine that much, but in 10, you could use your, they called them aeons in that game and you could fight with them. You just be like, Hey, I want to attack. But when you summon them, they take the place of your party and you just have them. In 12, when you summon them, they come and like fight alongside you. In 7, in the original, it's almost like a, a limit break. 
you just use them. They show up, they do an attack. It's just a cutscene where they do an attack and then they're gone. They don't stay and fight and fight and fight. So it's different in this game, but I think it's, it's better the way they do it in this game. I just wish in the original and in most, it was this way in Final Fantasy 15 too, but I think in 12 and 10 and probably eight and I don't know about nine, you could use them pretty much whenever you wanted this. It's like, now we'll tell you when you can use it. Like they only let you yeah. summon if it's like a, a big certain, enemy like boss or whatever. Battles. Yeah. Right. The, I don't know. And now I'm going to sound like you right now, but I kind of wish this game, the, the one complaint I think I have is I wish based on what you've said in the past is that I wish this game had a gambit system. Is Did I say that right? Yeah. I don't know. So like I gave Tifa, I got the auto cure materia or she had it already or something, but I was like, that's huge. Yes. I was like, you have to have this, but you can only use it three times in one fight. And she still has to build up her ATB gauge, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But like, but you, I, you level it up pretty quickly to where you can use it 10 times in a battle. Oh, like crap. I feel like, okay. Yeah. It didn't take me long for it to level up to that level. But like, I wish it, for some reason, I don't feel like when I'm, it, it feels like the only person that's filling up their ATB gauge is whoever I'm controlling, which is typically cloud, unless it's something where I need Barrett to hit somebody far off. If it's a sentry gun or a missile launcher or whatever that I need to be far away from, it feels like they're not doing enough to help me. And it kind of gets frustrating. Um, yeah. The AI just, could definitely be better. Okay. So I'm not crazy. Okay, good. No. The music in this game, as the kids say, is epic AF. Um, when I heard the classic music, I think on the menu, right? Like on the opening menu, it does like the, the PS1 Final Fantasy VII music. Like, I don't know what I'm saying. but Yeah, I think so. And, and like when you go around to the jukeboxes and stuff, I'm like some of these music like tracks I recognize. And even though I've never played this game for more than a half hour, 45 minutes, it's like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm hearing this. Um, I'm definitely getting the hang of combat in this game. I feel like I get it way better than I did for the 45 minutes that I played the demo. I feel like I was way better even like, so I played the demo on easy when I played the full game through the same section that the demo was playing it on normal. Now in the main game, I feel like I was even better than I was playing it on easy in the demo. It's like, for some reason it's finally clicking. And I know when I need to switch between members and I'm looking at everybody's HP, I know who's using what spell. So I know when I can cure somebody or if I'm fighting robots and this guy's got lightning, I need to go to him, get his ATB up so I can do the lightning spell on the robots. I know this, ro I know this sentry gun, this sentry gun are super weak. So if I can get my ATB up, I can hit them with a lightning, get it up again and kill him. And then I can get it up again. I can kill this guy over here with one shot with the lightning that I can focus on the missile launchers. And it's like, I love the combat in this. I don't know, like you know, and everybody knows if they've been listening to a while, for, listening to us for a while. I've never been a turn-based game, turn-based game kind of guy, and I probably never will be. I like that this is kind of like Zelda mixed with turn-based. If that makes, does that make any sense? I don't even know. No, it. I. I can see that for sure. Um, 
one. What else? What else? What else? Oh, Barrett by far so far my favorite character by a mile. I love him so much in this game. There, there was no voice acting in the original, right? Uh, no, I'm trying to think in the cutscene. No, I don't think there's any. Barrett's awesome. He starts off like this big bad. I'm gonna kick your ass, cloud. You suck. And then he's just like, I don't want to walk over that thing. <laughs> I'm not die. <laughs> and he's and he's got his little daughter and stuff. And it's just I, I love I love Barrett so much. And he's like talking to the TV. He's like, Your mother effers want to know what happens when you mess with us. Shinra is a bunch of liars. And I'm like, I, I love this guy so much. Oh, um. Did so you didn't answer my text the other day. You might have been asleep or you might have been not answering it because you don't want to say one way or the other. But did Sephiroth did Sephiroth um did he do the thing to Cloud's family member? Did he or do you not want to say? You it just yeah, you need to just okay. watch. This okay. game, even though I've played it, I mean the original, I've played through it. I think three, maybe four times I've read like the synopsis of it multiple times. And I still find myself being confused on what really happened. It's okay. I'm trying not to give anything away, but there's a lot of like, well, what actually happened and what didn't kind of stuff. And I, even to this day, I still find myself confused on what actually happened. So I don't really want to say one way or another, but it's also at least partly because I don't even know for sure. And for all I know, they'll change it in this game. So I don't know. Right. Okay. Um, The train jump was awesome. I can't imagine what you were thinking when he did that. Um, But I just wrote that down. I just wrote down in my notes (laughs) that train jump. Um, Yeah. The invisible things. Was that in the original game? Like the specter things, like I, I thought in chapter four when they were attacking everybody, I, I really thought it was a dream, but apparently it was not. Like I was expecting Cloud to wake up. Minor spoiler there, I guess. But like, was that in the original game? I'm trying to think. So what I originally thought they might have been was kind of, I later found out is probably not the case, but now I'm wondering... I don't know. I, I, they may have been in the original game in some form or fashion, um, but there's a lot of stuff. Like you hardly even hear, like in this part of the game in the original. You, I'm trying to. You almost don't even hear about Sephiroth barely. It's really all about president shinra like it's it's all about just midgar and shinra and whatever and then you get out of the city and then all of a sudden it's sephiroth 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 everywhere um so i think they just to make everybody happy because anybody that knows anything about final fantasy also knows or final fantasy 7 knows about sephiroth and so i think they just are trying to find a way to make him be more involved in the early stages of the game this time okay uh what else do i have here that's not spoilerific oh i do have to say and then it's funny because i saw alana's tweet the other day she tweeted like oh my god tifa's so hot it's not even fair whatever um 
This game, the way they treat Tifa reminds me of a Metal Gear game because it's like, oh, hey, Tifa. And then it's just like, the way they, <laughs> the way they focus on her is like, oh my gosh. It's, if, it's very Kojima-esque at points. Yes. Yes. There were times, like if I was probably like 15, 16, I'd be like, <laughs> her boobs are big. <laughs> but it's like, to me now being a 38 year old man, I'm like, oh, I don't know if it's a, a Japanese culture thing or what, but it's like, I, I always think, thought it was, yeah. I always thought it was just a Kojima thing, but apparently it's not. But it's like the way they, like she's talking and it's like she's talking and her face is up here and the camera's here. And I'm just like, okay, okay, we get it. Like, why are you doing this? Like, she seems like such a cool character. And then you're just breaking her down to that. Whereas Jesse, whenever Jesse's talking, they focus on her face because the other part isn't as big. Like, like it's just, it's just so weird. Like, I I love every character in this game so far. Like I Cloud, I think I'm going to Cloud's probably honestly this part in the game, he's probably my least favorite. Where I'm at, he's starting to turn around and he's starting to not just be like, just pay me the money, whatever. You know, I, I'm it's just a job, whatever, because he's got a pass with Tifa. He's warming up to Jesse. She gets hurt. He's concerned. He 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 warms up to Barrett, you know, like. But like everyone in this game, I care so much about so far. And I just know this game or the next one or the next one after that is going to break my heart and it's just going to kill me. Oh, that was the other, like, so when Cloud ran into Aerith, this is the only time I've seen her so far. So no spoilers going forward. But when Cloud ran into Aerith, when she gives him the flower, were you just like, just take me now? Like what, what was that like? being a fan of the original and everything like what was that like it was really cool but i had seen it so many times like that's kind of what they showed they showed a lot of that in like the the um well i don't remember maybe not when they actually met I know they showed a lot of Aerith in like the, the PS3 tech demo and all the trailers for this. So a lot of that I felt like I had seen before. I'm trying to think if they show when they actually are together or not. Um, but in the very near future, you start to see a lot more of her. And that's when it's just, and God, every time, it's not like every time Aerith is on screen, they're playing Aerith's theme but it pops up a lot and like every time i hear that song i'm just like uh it's yeah it's <sighs> god it's very very good uh what else do i have here uh died four or five times yeah about nine hours okay the only other thing i had written down i haven't talked about yet is i don't know if the game's going to come out this year or not but i never thought i would say this the last of us part two it's going to have a tough climb. I know it's prisoner of the moment and everything, but it's going to have a tough climb to get to my game of the year right now because Final Fantasy VII Remake, to me, is so far and away above RE3 and Doom Eternal that it to me it's not even close right now, even nine hours in, just under nine hours in. This is my game of the year, and it's not even close. 
and I have almost no history with this game and it still is like, I started to get when, when when you're getting through chapter seven and you got to keep going up and up and get the key card, go to the next floor, get the key card, go to the next. I was almost like, come on, this is annoying. But then you get to the point where you're doing the, the, the unlock thing where uh, Tifa's in the, wow, sorry. That was probably loud. Tifa, sorry. Tifa's in the middle and you got to go R and L in one direction or the other, or whatever. To, to unlock the door, but then you can also unlock all the things you've been disposing. You can get whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's no part of this game that I've just been like, oh my God, get over with. This, this game is even better than I could have ever hoped it would have been. And I am so happy. First off, we didn't even say this at the beginning. I meant to say, say, say this at the beginning. We didn't even think, I didn't think I was going to have this game until tomorrow as we're recording this. I lucked out. I somehow got it yeah. Friday. Uh, Sean said, the hell with this. Amazon screwing up. I'm going to go to Target. So he got his Friday. Um, his Amazon order still hasn't showed up. I got so, I mean, again, I pre-ordered a freaking year ago. Um, but like this game, I'm, I'm kind of okay as long as it's not too long that The Last of Us 2 is delayed because like I wanted to get through as much of this as I could before we did the podcast this week because I wanted to be able to talk about something with you. But now I'm like, I kind of just want to like soak this in and do all the side quests and just get into this world and into the story and know more about these characters. I love, I freaking even love walking by people like in the slums, like you hear them talking about what happened and everything. And then you look up and you see the city and it's just like, Holy crap. Like what are these people dealing with? And, and, and the side quests, it's just, I, I love everything about this game. And right now, as we stand today, I know Last of Us 2, whenever it comes out, is going to be amazing. But right now, this is so far and away my game of the year that RE3, Doom Eternal, Twin Breaker, and Top Run aren't even close. Like, there's nothing. There's it, They're not even in the same atmosphere right now. This game, even after just, like, nine hours, this game right now, I would probably – like, I, I can't believe IGN only gave this an 8. To me, this is like a 9.5 to a 10 somewhere in there, and I think it's only going to go up from here over my next 25 hours or whatever it takes to beat this game. Yeah, I, I unless Last of Us 2, uh, I don't know. I'm obviously expecting that game to be great to perfect, but assuming it even comes out this year, it definitely has its work cut out for it. Um, it's going to be tough for that or anything to top this for my game of the year. Um, the other thing, just, it's so cool to see, like, just seeing Midgar, you can tell it's Midgar, but you can also tell they tried to modernize, maybe not modernize it, but, make it more realistic like how would midgar look if it actually existed in this world um and i feel like to really appreciate it especially when you're in the slums you need to be able to look all around like midgar is very much like three-dimensional and like in the original it's just 
you know, basically like a background and you just run across it and you only get to see what they show you and just being able to like look up and see like when you're, Oh God, it's just, it's unbelievable what they did. And it just, it makes you have, even though it's kind of a crappy place, like it really makes you appreciate Midgar that much more when you actually get to see Midgar. That's just crazy. I love this game. I'm so happy it's actually real. Um, and I cannot wait to spend another 30 hours, 30, 40, 50 hours in this world. Yeah. Sean, we could probably end it right here, but you want to get in the news of the week? Let's do it. Sean, I thought this was going to be a slow news week because I thought neither of us were going to be able to play Final Fantasy VII yet. Then on a random Tuesday, Sony was like, oh, hey, here's the controller for the PS5. So I said, cool, we've got something to talk about. This comes from the PlayStation blog. We've reached an exciting milestone with PlayStation 5 as we're starting to ship our new controller in its final design to developers who are implementing its unique features into their games. But first, we wanted everyone in the PlayStation community to get a first look at the DualSense trademark wireless controller. And here our vision for how the new controller will captivate more of your senses as you interact with the virtual worlds in PS5 games. The features of DualSense along with the PS5's PS5's Tempest 3D audio tech will deliver a new feeling of immersion to players. When PS4 launched in 2013, the DualShock 4 wireless controller garnered a lot of positive feedback from gamers. Uh, Editorializing here, me, yes, it's my favorite controller of all time. Is it yours, Sean? Uh, Without a doubt, yes. From gamers and developers for being the best PlayStation controller yet and for introducing forward-looking features like the share button, This brought us to the next question. How do we build upon that success? After thoughtful consideration, we decided to keep much of what gamers love about DualShock 4 intact while also adding new functionality and refining the design. Based on our discussions with developers, we concluded that the sense of touch within gameplay, much like audio, hasn't been a big focus for many games. We had a great opportunity with PS5 to innovate by offering game creators the ability to explore how they can heighten that feeling of immersion through our new controller. This is why we adopt spit on the microphone. This is why we adopted haptic feedback, which adds a variety of powerful sensations you'll feel when you play such as the slow grittiness of driving a car through mud. We also incorporated adaptive triggers into the L2 and R2 buttons of DualSense so you can truly feel the tension of your actions like when drawing a bow to shoot an arrow. Remember what I said last week, Sean? About a potential launch game? Uh, yeah. Uh, hmm. Could be. Hmm. If you're if you're going in there while I'm talking and you're editing the Google Doc, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> I'm not. I can't even hardly reach my keyboard right now. Good. This provided us with an exciting challenge to design a new controller that builds off of the current generation while taking into account the new features we're adding. For example, with adaptive triggers, we had to consider how the components would fit into the hardware without giving it a bulky feeling. 
Our design team worked closely with our hardware engineers to place the triggers and actuators. The de designers were then able to draw the lines of how the exterior of the controller would look and feel with the challenge of making the controller feel smaller than it really looks, <laughs> which means it looks huge is what they're saying. In the end, we changed the angle of the hand triggers and also made more subtle updates to the grip. We also took thoughtful consideration into ways to maintain a strong battery life, thank you, for dual senses rechargeable battery and to lessen the weight of the controller as much as possible as new features were added. For the buttons, you'll notice there's no longer a share button as we have the DualShock 4. Don't worry, it's not going away. In fact, we've built upon the success of our industry first share button to bring you a new create button feature with create we're once again pioneering pioneering damn it pioneering dash block pioneering new ways for players to create epic gameplay content to share with the world or just to enjoy for themselves we'll have more details on this feature as we get closer to closer to launch dual sense also adds a built-in microphone array which will enable enable players to easily chat with friends without a headset ideal for jumping into a quick conversation but of course, if you're planning to chat for a longer period, it's good to have that headset handy. Now let's talk about the colors. Traditionally, our base controllers have a single color. As you can see, we went a new direction this time around and decided on a two-tone design. Additionally, we changed the position of the light bar. They'll give it an extra pop. On DualShock 4, it sat on top of the controller. Now it sits at each side of the touchpad, giving it a slightly larger look and feel. I didn't want it to be larger. In all, we went through several concepts and hundreds of mock-ups over the last few years before we settled on the final design. DualSense has been tested by a wide range of gamers with a variety of hand sizes in order for us to achieve the comfort level we wanted with great ergonomics. Guillermo. Our goal with DualSense is to give gamers the feeling of being transported into the game world as soon as they open the box. We want gamers to feel like the controller is an extension of themselves when they're playing so much so that they forget it's even in their hands, exclamation point. We are thrilled about sharing the final look of the DualSense controller with our fans, and we can't wait for everyone to get their hands on it. I'd like to close this message, close with a message from SIE president and CEO Jim Ryan. Quote, DualSense marks a radical departure from our previous console offerings and captures just how strongly we feel about making a generational leap with the PS5. The new controller, along with the many innovative features in PS5, will be transformative for gamers, continuing our mission at PlayStation to push the boundaries of play now and in the future. To the PlayStation community, I truly want to thank you for sharing this exciting journey with us as we head towards PS5's launch in holiday 2020. We look forward to sharing more information about PS5, including the console design in the coming months. Sean, I have cotton mouth. What are your initial thoughts on the dual sense? I'm just going to say I hate the name. Initial thoughts, any questions or concerns that you have about the controller while I drink some water? Uh, I love it. It's they they changed the look of it obviously without changing theme like it still very much looks like a PlayStation controller. It looks like a DualShock 4, but I mean, it looks like a DualShock 5, I guess. Um, I like the two-tone look. I know a lot of people are hating on it. I kind of like it. At some point, you need to go away from just 
everything just being black on black on black on black. Um, it still looks and I imagine feels like the DualShocks did. Um, I'm glad they didn't. And I know a lot of people have very different opinions on this, but I'm glad they didn't just drastically change it and give like offset analog sticks. Oh and like, I just, I'm, I don't know. I really like it. I don't see any way that I would not like this controller, I guess. Um, so I don't know. It's, I'm glad they didn't drastically change anything. I, I don't know why they didn't just call it the DualShock 5 because DualSense, did you see this? It's a name that's also shared with washing machine, washing machines, hair serum, and gas detectors. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. But. So why not just call it the DualShock 5? I, I get it because they're like the DualSense. I get it because the adaptive triggers and everything, it's all your senses coming together. Well, two Right, and DualShock started with like, ooh, the controller rumbles. Like, ooh. Yeah. Who cares now? Like, yeah. yeah, we get it. Controllers rumble. It's nothing you need to build your brand around. I, I think it looks like a cross between the DualShock Four and the Switch Pro. I'm glad, like you said, if they would have, if they would have moved, at this point, Sony can't do it. But if they would have moved the analog sticks to be offset, I would have lost my mind. Like, a lot of people prefer that. I don't because I don't know. Like when I'm it it's just bothers me because it's not symmetric. Yeah. I think I could get used to using it, but like it's not symmetric. I just, I don't like, I wouldn't like the looks of it. Yeah. I, I like the white. I like the two tone. My, my DualShock 4 that I use all the time now is white. Um, it looks super futuristic. The only thing I kind of wish is that like, I wish the buttons still had the colors. And, but I do think we're going to get, a billion different color combinations of this thing. Like if you want to buy a second controller, you can get it probably however you want. So don't worry about that. Um, the sticks look exactly the same as the four, which is good. They, they look like the four is now the original four. And I had this happen on my original DualShock four. I think it was, it wasn't until my kids started playing the PS4 that when they had like those, like the rubber over the analog sticks that they would like wear off and like fall apart and everything. Um, so they've got rid of that. They're keeping like the same textured look of the, the DualShock 4s as they have them now, which I like. Uh, it is USB-C, which is good, which means no matter what the battery life is, the charging time is going to be super quick. So that's good. Um, I still prefer, I've seen, like, I had my tweet to Ryan and everything, blah, blah, blah. Like, I still prefer to have an internal battery. Maybe I've just been lucky. Like, I had Melody tweeting me, and, like, I saw Bernardo tweeting about it, and I don't remember who else, but it's like, I, I've i never had... My, my PS3 controllers still work. Like, if I... Like, when I played... When you gave me 3D Dot Heroes, I hooked up my PlayStation... I plugged in my DualShock 3, I charged it, the next day I played it, it didn't like die or anything, it was fine, when I'm not playing it, I charge it, and I never have any issues. I've never had a DualShock 4 controller die, so this is why I am so on the side of how the hell is Xbox releasing a controller that standardly comes with only AA battery support. That seems well, like something from 20 years ago to me. Yeah, I mean, I've had my 
PS4 for about four and a half years now, and I have the same two original DualShock 4s that I had when I bought it. I'm on my original controllers. They still last plenty long. Like, I've had now, I'm, I'm sure some people have had worse experiences with the DualShock 4s, but the two controllers I've had work just as well today as they did when I first got them. Like I've noticed zero decline in the performance. So Amen. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I get having the, the option. Yeah, the having the option, but how much does a does the actual controller cost as much as DualShock 4, the Xbox controller? Um DualShock 4 so they're really about 40 and 45 or 50 give or take where you're buying them now. So like, that's the thing. Like if you buy an Xbox controller for 50 bucks, just say retail it's 50 and the DualShock 4 is 60. Um, if my DualShock 4 battery lasts me five years and you're using an Xbox One controller for five years, how many AA batteries are you going through for like, you're probably going through $50 worth of batteries. So like, it's okay that the DualShock 4 is a little bit more and it's rechargeable. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, but also if you can get, I mean, I don't know, but if you can buy, you know, a rechargeable battery pack that you can just yeah, plug you into can. the controller and now They're you like basically 20 bucks, have yeah. a rechargeable. Right. So if you can get the controller and the battery pack for the same price as the DualShock 4, okay. I mean, I guess you're right back where you would have been with the DualShock 4 for the same price, except you also had the option to start using AA batteries or triple a or whatever it takes but i just don't know why anybody would even if my rechargeable battery died i would just buy another another pack start using double a triple a whatever batteries like i don't know why anybody would ever choose to do that i think xbox is screwing up because what they should do is with the xbox series they should have done it with the one but whatever with the series x they should the controller comes in the box. You can use AA batteries or you can use this rechargeable battery pack that we're giving you when you pay $500 for this console and one controller and no games. The fact that they don't just give you the battery pack is like, I don't know how these Xbox fanboys just offend this. I'm like, I, I just don't get it and I never will. And it's just the console wars, whatever. But yeah, whatever. I've never had a, a, a battery die on a controller ever. Like I said, I, I got my PS3, how old is Noah? I got my PS3 12 years ago, and I still had the original two controllers I got with that stupid thing. The The analog sticks are kind of like disgusting and kind of like melted and like sticky and gross, but like the batteries work. So I don't know how all these people just hate rechargeable batteries and controllers and just swear by double A's when I've literally never had that issue with two generations of consoles, but that's just me. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I get the appeal of having the option, but it just seems like such a weird option. If nothing else, they should be touting the option to replace the rechargeable battery as yes. opposed to having the option to use AAA battery. Why would anybody <laughs> do that? Like, that's not a fight. That's not the point you want right. to make. If anything, that you can pay $10 and replace the rechargeable battery, okay, Dude. I'm with you there. That's not a bad idea, but the option to use AAA batteries, I just don't understand why anybody would ever do that. 
Well, double A's, but we were using double A batteries. Or double A, whatever it is. Way back in the day of our game gear and our Nomad and everybody else's Game Boy. And it's like 30 years later and you're still using double A batteries to power the thing that plays your games. That's effed up. I don't yeah. care what anybody thinks. That's my opinion. Who has two thumbs and thinks batteries and controllers are dumb? This guy. Next. Uh, what else did I write here? It's weird that the lights point toward you, which might be annoying, you know, from the, the, the light bar. The weird thing is there's, they've said PSVR is compatible with PS5, but if you need the light bar on the front of your, I, I just don't know, maybe the PSVR can sense the, the dual sense washing machine with the lights pointing at it. And you know what I mean? Instead of at the camera, I just, I don't know. I don't have the answer. I just, that's one of the things I wondered about. Um, the biggest thing that worried me when I saw this was I didn't know that the buttons were raised up or the D-pad was raised up. And then when you look at it from the side, they are raised up. I still don't know how much. The buttons are one thing, but what I worry about is the DualShock 4 has my favorite D-pad ever made. Better than the Genesis six-button controller, better than the, the Saturn controller. It's the best D-pad ever made. And eventually we're probably going to play Street Fighter Six on this thing. And if I don't have a D-pad that works right, I'm going to be very, very disappointed. Um, I probably am worrying about nothing because we've just seen two pictures of this thing. But did you get that same fear when you looked at the buttons in the D-pad that like they're raised up, but like how much are they raised up? Or am I just crazy? I didn't really even notice it until I think you... I don't know if you texted me or tweeted about it, but I, I think I tweeted I think, it. I think it was you that I saw say that. And when I went back and looked at it again, I'm like, oh yeah, it does kind of look that way. But I guess it didn't even cross my mind and I never even thought that it would be an issue. But it does, in some of the pictures, it does kind of have that look to it. Almost like the Vita or something is what it reminded me of. Right. Which is not a good thing. As much as I love the Vita, the D-pad is not something you should ever try to replicate. Uh, apparently, there's no back triggers like that weird new attachment that they put out on the PS4. Like, why would you put out this back trigger attachment if the DualSense DualShock 5 wasn't going to have them as well? I don't care. I don't need triggers. I feel like it's something I would just screw up <laughs> using, but it just was weird to me that they apparently don't have that. Also, do you agree with me that apparently the PS5 is going to be white and black? I would assume so, but... I think it's going to look freaking I, I, awesome. Yeah, I, I like it. I'm kind of glad they're doing that. The biggest thing with this article and everything is that this gives me hope. I don't know why it's giving me hope. It's such a weird thing to say, like, I hope I can spend $500 on this thing, but... It gives me hope that this is actually, they, they still do think this is coming out this year. And that, the, the fact they that they haven't backed off of that in yep. the slightest bit. So to me, I'm, I'm still hopeful that it is. And Microsoft too, for all the Xbox fans as well. Like I hope, I really do hope that both of us get the consoles that we want. I hope we both get to spend $500 a piece or 450 or whatever it is on these machines. I hope the world is back to normal back by then. So we all have some disposable income that we can actually buy these things. But like, yeah, I do think this is going to come out this year. The other thing I notice about this, like, so the Series X is just a refrigerator. And it's the controller looks exactly the same, except the D-pad kind of looks like the, the Elite controller. 
Sony has been talking about the, the thing that I realized from this and the boring ass 52 minute conversation with Mark Cerny is that Sony is really looking to, and this is weird to me, but it seems like Sony is really trying to switch things up this generation. Brand new controller. We're not calling it the DualShock. It looks a little bit different. This is different. This is different. It's, it's the, the colors are gone in the sacred symbols. The triggers are different. The, 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 the light bar is facing you instead of that way. It's two-tone instead of just one color. We're doing this SSD that it's not as big and we don't have as many teraflops, but we've got this custom SSD that's like three or four times faster than the Xbox Series X. Like it, it just seems like PlayStation is going to this next generation, even though they are the far and away winner of this generation. And it's not even close. No matter if you're an Xbox fanboy, you cannot with any, if you try to argue that Xbox won this generation, you're an idiot. And yet it's Sony that it seems like to me is trying to change things up. And by the way, if you're an Xbox fan, I love you. I'm just saying you can't, you can't really say they won this generation or you're crazy. I mean, I don't think anybody's saying that. You, you can't, but it's like Xbox seems like they're just saying like, we're going to keep going and you don't even need to get the new machine. You can play Halo on the old machine. The new machine, it's just, it's a fridge and the controller is basically the same. We now have a share button because we copied Sony. We changed the D-pad a little bit, but everything else is the same. Sony's like, we're doing this SSD. We're doing all this. The controller's different. It's a new name. Everything's different, blah, 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 blah. It's just weird to me. And I don't know that, (laughs) to be fair, I don't know that it's going to work for Sony. But it's weird to me when you are the clear-cut winner of a generation to kind of seem like you're going in a brand new direction when you've sold over 110 million machines to 40 or 50 million for the Xbox One, it's just weird to me. Do you, do you feel that way at all, or am I crazy? Um, I agree that it does seem like they're changing everything up, but I don't really look at it in any sort of negative light. I mean, the two looked quite a bit different than the one. And then the three just looked like a bigger, smoother, more rounded two. And then the four took the three and kind of went back to being a little bit more angled and less smooth and rounded version of the three. It's been black with black controllers and then black with black controllers and then black with black controllers. So it's like, I get it. I mean, I guess it's kind of time for a change. I mean, it's, I don't know. I don't think I don't look at it as them doing it in response to anything in response to Xbox or whatever. I think it's just, well, we've, we've been doing it this way for long enough. It's time to, to change it up a little bit. I'm almost kind of shocked. They didn't, if they're doing all this, it almost seems like they would have, I'm not saying they should have, but like, I don't know, change the name. <laughs> like you said, maybe just, the PlayStation instead of Thank PlayStation you. 5. Like, granted, there's no convention. I mean, Xbox went from <laughs> nothing to 360 to one to Series, Series X. Like, they're X, all yeah. over the place. So, I mean, if nothing else, I guess they're keeping their naming convention the same and consistent. But I don't know. If, if they're changing the look quite a bit and their colors and all these other recognizable aspects of their hardware it almost seems like don't even call it the playstation 5 call it 
something else. If that well, it's is e- <laughs> the PlayStation, then so be it. But, but it's even weirder that they would call it the PlayStation 5, but then rename the DualShock. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's, And I know it wasn't always called the DualShock. It was just like, I don't remember what they called the first one, but it was like the PlayStation controller, then the Dual Analog, then the DualShock, then PlayStation 3, they came out with the six axes. And then they they put the rumble back in and made the DualShock 3. And then it was the DualShock 4. And now we got the DualSense. So it's kind of like, it's not as consistent as the consoles. Like the controllers have jumped around, but we've just been so used to saying the DualShock 4 for so long that it's weird that they would call it the DualSense, I guess is what I'm thinking. Um, yeah. Last thing I got here, Pete Hines tweeted, who's one of the, you know, the higher ups at Bethesda. Somebody asked him about using the new controller and he said, quote, you sort of immediately forget about a PS4 controller. I went back and forth between them and you immediately just want to use the PS5, end quote. Well, that's promising. I mean, I don't like Bethesda at all, but Pete Hines, you're okay with me. All right, we're almost like, how long have we been going? Yeah, all, we're getting up there in two hours and we've done a couple games we played and one new story. All right. <laughs> Next up, Resident Evil 4 Remake, I called it, is apparently coming in 2020. This comes courtesy of VGC, like I've said in the last pack, pack of weeks. I don't know what a pack of week is. The last couple weeks, VGC has been breaking all these stories, and let's just run with it. Following its reimagining of Resident Evil 2 and 3, multiple development sources have told VGC that the Resident Evil 4 Remake has now entered, nope, Full production with an estimated release window in 2022. I knew you were doing it. (laughs) Sean wrote, it has now entered poop production. (laughs) Development is being led by Osaka-based M2, the studio founded by former Platinum's head. I'm getting my mustache hairs in my mouth, and this is, I don't know how long I can do this. Head Tatsuya Minami, which has been preparing for the project since 2018. However, similar to 2020's Resident Evil 3, was directed by company Redworks. Capcom's internal teams and other external studios are likely to lend significant development resources. It's understood. I see you typing. I see you typing. I see you typing. It's understood that the remake has the blessing of original game director Shinji Mikami, who officially declined an approach to lead the project himself, but has provided informal advice on its direction. This is me editorializing. Basically, Shinji Mikami said, look, I'm too busy doing Ghostwire Tokyo, I think it's called, for Bethesda. I can't help you out with this, but you have my blessing to make this remake, so go do it. The studio helming the remake has been in operation since 2018 and is compromised of many former Platinum and Capcom employees. Comprised, not compromised. Oh, crap. That wasn't even me. Oh, (laughs) why? Whatever. I saw it was it was underlined in blue, so I just changed the word because I assume you screwed it up. <laughs> M2 recently contributed to the development of 2019's Resident Evil 3, but its role on that game was always intended as a precursor to its main project. 2005's Resident Evil 4 is Capcom's, Capcom's highest rated game of all time, according to review aggregation site Metacritic, with sales totaling 7.5 million copies across various platforms. The horror installment, installment is regarded as one of the most influential games of the 2000s with its off the shoulder viewpoint in particular (laughs) widely adopted by many third person shooters that follow why did you put a question there uh i just thought that there would be less 
obvious <laughs> question. The game overhauled much of the series' tropes up until that point, with survival elements such as scarce ammunition made less relevant and a faster, intense pace introduced. Now, I kind of, I've only played through it once, but I feel like when I did play it, I felt like ammo, I'm, I know it's more action-focused, but I still feel like it's not like Resident Evil 2 and 3, but like the ratio of ammo to enemies, I kind of think they it's like they both went up. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's not like, but but you still had limited inventory slots and stuff. I just, I don't know that I agree with that statement. Even the series titular zombies were replaced by a fanatical religious cult. The Los Illuminados would swarm the player in large groups instead of appearing as lone stumbling baddies like in past Resident Evil games. Did you write that or is that what I said? That's what I said. In the 15 years since its release, Resident Evil 4 has been ported and remastered dozens of times, but never fully remade. The game... Blah, 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 blah. I don't know what else she did. So Capcom would not respond to rumors. Since this was published over the weekend, there have been updates. Gamatsu has corroborated the story. The game is in full production and will release in 2022. The game has a larger team, larger team working on it than either RE2 or 3 remakes. Also, Capcom is giving support from their internal RE2 and Devil May Cry 5 teams. They have been listening to the feedback on RE3 because it performed much poorer than RE2 did when it comes to critical success. The development did start all the way back in 2018. So even though this team helped work on RE3, that was really just like, we think you can do this, prove it. But the real thing we hired you to do is to make RE4 Remake. Sean, I tweeted earlier today. I don't know why everybody's so upset about this. There, there are some people that are like, oh, the game's perfect. It never needs to be remade. Blah, 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 blah. But like I tweeted, like, I don't know why you would be mad at a remake. So the game came out in 05. I played it for the first time in 2016. And while I can see why people love that game, the controls are not great. They're barely even good. I, I feel like this is how you feel when you go back and try to play Metal Gear Solid 3 or 2, honestly. Um, I don't know why. So any- that is one, that's one place where we definitely disagree because I think the controls, while not fantastic, I think they're great. And I think they kind of set the stage for, you know, how these newer remakes control obviously it's not and it's not nearly as good but it's very similar and it got away from the tank controls and it's um you know everything's over the shoulders and you know so i get it it has but my big thing is you can't you you can't even move and aim like i remember when i pulled it up playing it 11 years after it came out i was like i can't aim and move at the same time like it it's if you just compare it to re1 2 and 3 the originals it is light years ahead of them i agree but you can't aim 100 in 2 and 3 either in the remakes you can you can aim and move yeah you hold l2 and you're you're moving I, i'm moving away from zombies the whole time and i'm like pop. Uh, well yeah i guess but yeah but, that's true but again but but then you're comparing it to a game that came out 15 years after it. What, I, what I'm saying is like, I agree with you. If you compare RE4 to the original RE1, 2, and 3, it is 
light years better than it. And it's not even close. There's not tank controls. You can at least aim in a three-dimensional space. You don't have pre-rendered backgrounds. I get it. But like, I think if you put, it's the same thing I think about Metal Gear Solid 3. If you put that game, if you take RE4 and you you put it in the RE engine, I can't even imagine how beautiful it would look on, on PS5 and Series X. But you put it in that engine with a control scheme that I think more benefits action-focused third-person shooters, I think you may have one of the greatest games. And a lot of people think it's already one of the greatest games ever made. I don't. I can see why people do. But me paying, playing it 11 years after it came out, I just can't say that. It's probably top 25 for me. But like, if you put that game with a fresh coat, a fresh coat of beautiful paint, uh, three, four, five, three generations later, with the control scheme that you had in two and three, I think you've got literally one of the best games ever made on your hands if they do it right. I just don't like there, and and I'm saying this as as if Konami announces that they're remaking Metal Gear Solid Three with Blue Point or Sony or just Konami's doing it themselves, whatever, there will be a huge contingent of fans that are pissed, that are like, I'm even more mad than when you fired Kojima. I don't want anything to do with this game. You guys can go to hell. So I, I, I can see that. I can see it from this side of the fandom, but like, if you just try to separate yourself from that, I think all you're doing is making a great game even better potentially. So that's my thing. I know, I think you tweeted, was it Bernardo or somebody that you would rather see code? I don't, I don't even remember. Was it code Veronica? Yeah. Is that because we're, was that still sucking the whole like tank controls and everything? It was very much tank controls, okay. but it was better. I think it was the last resident evil game that still had the tank controls. Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't know if like the one remake. No, nah, it probably wasn't the last one. Like but... zero and stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, I-, I can't wait for it. I Resident Evil four is one of my favorite games of all time. It's, I can't imagine they're going to somehow make it worse, but the fact that it's already one of my favorite games of all time means it doesn't really need a remake now that being said final fantasy 7 is one of my favorite games of all time and i love the fact that they're re- that they remade it but yeah, i don't know i think i think code veronica would have benefited from a remake more um that game i think that game maybe i'm just misremembering but i feel like it would have I may be putting it a little too much, but like dwarfed even Resident Evil 2 if they remade it. Like it's a pretty wow. big game. And um gosh, I don't know. I really wish they would have done it. And now I don't know that they will because yeah. now it seems like they're only doing the main like numbered games. Although you're going to run out of those pretty soon. We're going to be like, okay, time to remake seven. And it just came out five years ago. Like, and, and nobody, does anybody really want five or six to be remade? Like, I think that's, that's the so thing. So five like, is good. Five, it's not nearly as good as four, but it's similar enough to where it's still a good game. Not as good as four, 
but it's it's serviceable. I never played six, but I'm pretty sure it's just terrible. Yeah. So I wouldn't even be opposed to a five remake, but I hope they don't even waste their time with six. Um, I would certainly rather they do Co-Veronica than five, but I don't know. Now you've kind of set a precedent and it's like, where do you stop? And wherever they stop, that's going to be where Capcom is basically acknowledging yeah, we dropped the ball with this one. We're not even going to bother wasting our time remaking it. The game's awful. Now, whether that happens with five or six, I don't know. But at some point, they're going to be like, all right, we're not doing this anymore because it's a lost cause and this game is crappy. So, I don't know. I think it's going to be great. It's already one of my favorite games of all time. And yeah, as long as they do it right, it. I, I mean, it could really be an all-time game. Um, so... I don't know. One thing that two and three had going for it, the remakes, is they both and seven obviously scared the crap out of me. I don't think of four. Now maybe they'll totally change the feel of it. Four, I don't really think of as being a very scary game. Like, yeah, the chainsaw guys were the kind first of time. Yeah. Yeah. But four, there's not really I don't know. I, I saw Marty Sleva tweeted. He has a feeling he has no inside info, but I think this is a horrible idea that what he thinks they'll do is take RE4 and somehow fold in Claire and Jill along with Leon and completely redo it. Now, if that's what they're doing, I, I am not okay with that. I think that's dumb. The story in four is awesome as it is. Do not try to force any other RE characters into this. To your point, yeah, that, though, that would be stupid. I don't know anything about Code Veronica or Code Veronica X. It's the same game, right? It's not like a C. X isn't a sequel, right? It's they added some stuff. I don't remember what. It's ninety-five, if not ninety-nine percent, the same game. Yeah. Okay. I think what they really should go after four, go all the way back to the beginning, and give us the real remake of one that we deserve, not the GameCube remake. Yeah. Like give us, give us the mansion without tank controls, and I can't even imagine how freaking awesome that would be. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yes. Like I almost think, if I'm being honest, that deserves a remake more than four, um, because that even when they did the remake of that game, it's still stuck with the tank controls. It just looks prettier, right? Like the GameCube yeah, version, and yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. But I'm so hyped for this. I'm I will be there day one if this is true and it really comes out. And yeah. So we've got RE eight next year with werewolves and witches in first person and then RE four remake in twenty twenty two. And then who knows after that. Next up, last item on the news list here. Cyberpunk is apparently not being delayed. I know we both care a lot about this game, so let me get through this uh screenshots by the way it's funny orlando that you say wwe is essential kiss my took us did you see that yep all right this comes from a conference call from cyberpunk 2077 developer cd project red 
when the next gen version of Cyberpunk 2077 is ready, it will be a free upgrade on Series X. They cannot comment on the PS4 to PS5 jump ahead and jump ahead of Sony. So basically, they're not saying if if you buy the PS4 ver- if if you buy the Xbox One version of Cyberpunk, you get the Series X upgrade for free. They've confirmed that. They're not saying you can do that with the PS4 version because Sony has not said anything shockingly about how this transition is going to work. So they're not saying anything. They're saying the game is complete. I doubt that if it's coming out in September and they're very comfortable that the game will meet the launch time. The virus will not affect the launch. Um, The series X and PS five will eventually have specific versions of the game. They didn't specify if it will have a smart delivery on PS five, blah, blah, blah. They're waking for Sony. So, um, the other thing that they did talk about CD Projekt Red is that the DLC and story expansions will be as big as The Witcher 3. So you think about Blood of Wine, which I think won role-playing game of the year and those only DLC. What the frick is up with that? Um, and they will detail all those plans before the launch in September. So, Sean, one big game apparently is not getting delayed. Um, I'm still waiting for Ghost of Tsushima to get delayed. If Last of Us is delayed, then you have to delay Ghost, but maybe that's just me. Are you any more intrigued by cyberpunk showing you punk? Mm, I, I still don't care. Yeah, me either. I'm happy for people that are happy. I don't want to play it. I'm out of water. All right. You want to get the wrap up, Sean? Do it. It's been going for over two hours. Streets of Rage 4 is quote unquote releasing soon. It leaked that it was coming out on April 23rd. Uh, dot emu or however you say them limu emu um has said that's not correct it will be releasing soon for 25 dollars. i think that's a fair price we will do remote let's plays of this freaking game sean you buying it because i'm buying it oh yeah i i can't wait for this all right we're gonna do remote even if we're still quarantine quote unquote quarantine we're gonna do remote let's plays of this we'll figure out how to make it work i cannot wait uh they also did announce you can unlock pixelated versions of 12 streets of rage characters from the past and you can also play with the soundtracks soundtracks from streets of rage one or two i am so happy like we've talked on this podcast probably 50 to 75 times about how the beat-em-up genre is dead it still may be, but I'm so happy that we're at least getting one more rodeo, whatever you want to say, um, with these characters and the new characters and everything. I'm so excited for this. Uh, Google announced that Stadio Pro, Stadia Pro is going to be free for the next two months uh, to help people deal with COVID-19, and apparently nobody cares, and nobody's playing it, and nobody will play it. And I still say by the end of this year, Stadia doesn't exist, so there's that. Capcom announced that Resident Evil 3 shipped 2 million units, digital and physical, in the first five days after release. For comparison, RE2 shipped 3 million. Kind of not fair because RE2 didn't come out in the middle of a pandemic. Um, Right. But 2 million in a week is still pretty good, I would say. Yeah. PlayStation Now is getting Spider-Man until July 7th. Just Cause 4 until October 6th, and the Golf Club 2019, which is basically the new version of EA Sports, you know, Tiger, whatever, golf thing. So if for some reason you have a PlayStation and you haven't played Spider-Man and you have PlayStation now, there you go. Bad. Witcher 3 has officially now sold over 28 million copies. I would just like to editorialize and say, thank you, Netflix. 
on behalf of CG, CD Project Red, not CG. Saints Row the Third Remaster is out May 22nd on PS4, X-Bone, and PC. Mafia 2 and Mafia 3 Definitive Editions are apparently coming out because they were rated by the Taiwanese rating board. And Journey, this was just announced today, is releasing on Steam June 11th. For some reason, if you're listening to us and you don't have a PlayStation 3 or a PlayStation 4 and you do have a PC, when this game comes out, download Journey and play it and have tissues. That's all I will say. Do you agree, Sean? That is correct. That is correct. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of episode 177. We have rivaled the length of an E3 episode with this episode, but that is okay because we're not going to do a back of the box or a did you know? Did you know that, Sean? I did. Okay, there he is. Um, we knew this was going to be a long episode with the Dual Sense and with Final Fantasy VII, and I have absolutely loved this podcast. It's been one of my favorite ones we've done in a long time. Um, I, I just cannot wait to get through. Like, I can't wait to get through Final Fantasy VII, but I also want to take my time. And yeah. Oh, I didn't even ask you. Wait, one more question. Yeah. Materia. Yeah. When I get more than one, should I just sell the thing? Or it depends. Um, Will I ever equip more than one on one person? Like, I just don't. Not on one person. Okay. Okay. But if I'm. So if you ever end up with like more than four of one, yeah, Yeah. I'll go ahead and say. But like, it's possible maybe you want everybody to be able to use cure or fire. So you. Yeah, you don't necessarily only want one of each. Um, okay. Yeah. So basically, like, like I'm about to go up against this robot boss. So I know, I well, I assume he's going to be weak to lightning. I've got two lightnings. Right now I've got Cloud and Barrett both have it. That makes sense because then I can tag team this guy. I'm going to have to put it down to easy. What does it matter? But okay. I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't doing something wrong. So I was like, I feel like I'm getting all this materia and I, I, I just, I don't know what to do with it, but okay. Yeah. That's been it for episode 177. Thank you guys so much for being here. You know, the deal, uh, nerd901.com where they're connecting nerds around the mid South and the multiverse. Also check out youtube.com slash blur without fear. Our brother from our other mother, Ernie, go over, see, go over there and see everything he's doing on the Twitter webs. Nick, I hope your butt's feeling better. Um, you can find us on Twitter. I'm <laughs> at Kevin White 24. He's at real Sean White together. We're at two player underscore co-op Patreon, Twitch, YouTube, audio service around the multiverse. You know, the whole thing we've been going for a very long time. I hope you guys like this. I hope you're staying safe. I hope you're still listening to us. And if you are until the next time, Sean, go ahead and take us out. Thank you for playing.